Oh my gum, it's in English. Oh my gum. All right, let's start. <clears throat> Welcome to Dumbfounded, your guide to figure out which brain disease that you have. I am your host today. I am a candidate of science in molecular biology and biochemistry, Mark Lung, and I'm here with uh, my co-host. <laughs> Guess who just graduated? <laughs> I'm here with my co-host Fleming. Say hi, Fleming. Hi. hi. I was waiting for you to to like announce my title. Oh, do you have a title, Fleming? I didn't know that. I'm actually actually I stop smiling while you're saying. Can that. I? Can I? Uh, Can I redo my uh, my title? Yeah, what's your title? Okay, so my title is actually Lord Mark Lung, Candidate of Science in Biochemistry and Molecular Biology. And why? Tell me again, Mark, why are you a lord? I am a lord because my friends have bought me a lordship <laughs> on the island of Sealand. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It's that pirate guy, right? It's the pirate, yeah, the uh, the oil drilling uh, platform mm. somewhere outside of Britain. I need some titles too. I'm just Fleming. You're just Fleming, the chicken guy. So we are Mark with the many titles and Fleming with no titles. Fleming the chicken guy. But I have a lot of chickens. A lot of chickens. And a ch- one chicken eel equals two titles. That's true. <gasps> Fleming, what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to talk about weird brain injuries. Weird brain injuries. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we are. So uh, I have found the case of Phineas Gage, and some of you might know the case, but uh, you might also have heard it the wrong way because there's actually a lot of mis- misconceptions about this case. So he's kind of an urban myth. He is, but he is actually also real, and uh, we'll get much more into that. All urban myths are real. Well, you have to believe. Well, well, I have a not just one case, but more like a type of brain injury or brain surgery, which is called split brain people. Brain surgery. Yeah. So it's. Um, Split brain people are people where their left and right hemispheres are not connected anymore. Uh-huh. So the two halves of the brain cannot communicate with each other. And that's really interesting. Yeah, it really sounds interesting. Yeah. So some people are born with it. Yeah. Some people might get injured. But in most cases, it's actually uh, a surgery. Wow, okay. So it's done uh, on purpose. Jesus. Yeah. There might be a perfect segue from Phineas Gage and onto split brain people. I think. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Let's It, that's, that might be something the same. Fleming, uh, before we start, do you have any brain injuries? Have <laughs> you ever had any brain injuries? <laughs> I I have. Uh, I've had a really bad concussion once. Okay. Uh, I still have a scar, a little scar in between my eyes. Yeah. I was. Uh, I think I was four years old or something, and I was visiting my grandmother. And I was standing on, uh, like, uh, the thing you have in front of your chair where you put your feet. Yeah. What's the that fo- called? Footstool? Something the footstool, like yeah. I was standing on a footstool next to, like, a table made out of uh, stone. Okay. And then my grandmother started poking me in the stomach, and I just, I just slammed head first <laughs> uh, into the the corner of that table. That's attempted murder, you know that? Yeah, I, w- I was. Your grandma so tried to kill you. Close to like losing my one of my eyes. Are you serious? Yeah, it's, it's like right in between my eyes. Oh shit! And there was just like blood everywhere, and uh, they ended up calling my mother because you know I'm from Tosinge, yeah, and we 
just don't go to the doctor for any uh, reason at okay. all. So uh, they didn't call an ambulance or anything. There was like blood everywhere and they just called my mother. They and did call your mother though. Then my mother turned up and she just kind of got a towel and just like pressed it against my face. Um, and then it stopped bleeding at some point, I guess. <laughs> and you didn't die? No, and I I, <laughs> I kept conscious. I just closed oh. my eyes. I didn't look. Uh, and, and But then in the evening... They decided maybe it was a good idea to drive me to the hospital. Ah, okay. And then they they kind of sewn their scar together, and then they found out that I had like a severe concussion. Damn. Yeah. And I've never been able to feel anything after that actually. <laughs> But uh, I'm really good at math. You're really good at math. Yeah. That's not true. I'm not good at math. <laughs> That's actually the exact opposite of uh, Phineas Gage. But I think before we get to this, we should probably talk a bit about what's going to happen the next couple of weeks with Dumbfounded and Speckwater. Oh, yeah. You didn't uh, get any brain injuries at all. You're just born with it. Yeah. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> um, no, never any brain or head injuries. Lots of other stuff, though. <laughs> lots of other stuff, yeah, but yeah, not head-related. No, nothing head-related. That's why I'm so smart. Your parents just put on a helmet on you until you were 18 then you were allowed to take off the helmet. I'm from Yulan. We don't we don't do that. <laughs> we die from playing on the playground and that's it. Yeah. No, and I don't if, think if I... you survive childhood you're sure to turn at least 90 in. Yeah. I I remember when I was uh, when we were in um, in kindergarten and in uh, elementary school everybody mm. is at some point cracked their head over. Yeah. Right people fell on the playground or in the, the concrete from uh, the schoolyard. But I never actually tried that. I think my sister did it twice, and I never tried it. I d- I no, I'm not saying I want to try it, but I never did. You've never fallen down while climbing or something and landed on your head? No, oh. not not on my head. That's impressive. Yeah, but I did once, so my knees are kind of fucked. I once uh, got a really bad cut on my knee while because I had been running, and then I fell onto some glass. Oh. Yeah, and then it cut it open, like, so you could see all the way into the kneecap. And then you, they, um, so I got it sewn together, and then that's fine. And then what I had the stitches removed a couple of weeks after, right, when it had, you know, healed back up or at least closed up. And then uh, I remember I was playing with my friend at my dad's house, and I had just got this, the stitches removed, and we were, um, we had this, um, this shed that we could climb up onto the, uh, onto this roof of, not too tall, mm-hmm. like two meters or something. And what what we usually did, it did is that we climbed up onto the uh, roof of the shed and then we would just jump down. So I did that and then uh, we continued playing and then at some point my friend just pointed at my knee and was like, your your pants are wet. Oh, and no. And there was just blood everywhere so I had to get it restitched. So you didn't even notice? Nope. That's pretty badass. That is pretty bad. I'm, I am badass. Yeah. yeah. Everything I aspire to be. I know. <laughs> All right, so um, this is going to be... The last real episode from us for the summer. So we're going to be doing a summer holiday break just to uh, get back on our feet and to really hammer it down with the Specpile and Dumbfounder. So you'll get some really good episodes. There might be some special episodes during the summer. Yeah. So uh, we have one special episode that's coming up that is for a specific group of people and we'll probably upload that as well. And uh, we might also, I might do a best of, but that's still to be announced. So it might come, it might not. Don't wait up. But check Damn. Facebook if it comes. It might. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you sound like someone breaking up. Oh yeah, it's, it's not, not you. It's me. It, yeah, it's uh, 
It's just you know we're grown apart. Maybe yeah. you can find out something. I don't know. Yeah, just yeah. look at my Facebook. It's yeah. it's it's actually it's our first break since we started. Yeah, it is. So I feel like we deserve it. Yeah, we deserve Now it. Now it's time for us to have a break. Yeah, and if you yeah. want us back, you need to fight for it. You need to like us on Facebook and get everyone to listen to us. We want. We, okay, okay. No, we'll come back when we get a million hits. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, okay, a thousand listeners in a week, and we'll come back. But that sounds slow, Mark. Okay, a million a million is a lot. Fleming. You can't let you can't let people know how few <laughs> listens to the podcast. A million is a lot, Fleming. We have a million right now. We okay. need ten million. So ten million listeners in yeah. a week, and we'll we'll be back. That's it. That's it. And and we also want you to buy all our fifty thousand t-shirts. Yes. And then least. we'll be back. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start. I'm the host of today. I'm the uh, candidate of science. And I want to tell you about the curious cage of Phineas Gage. So uh, Phineas Gage is sort of an urban myth. He was um, he was a guy, and you might all have have you might some of you might have uh, heard about him. He was a guy who was uh, working on a railroad, and um, during his uh, when he was 25 years old, he was uh, out working in uh, Vermont in uh, the U.S., where he was uh, tampering some some stuff. So when you make this railroad, you have to uh, you have to blow a bit of the ground away in order for you to oh. put some concrete in and to stabilize the, the railroad, right? Oh, I see where this is going. Yeah. So the way you do this is you make a, a hole down into the ground and then you pour in some gunpowder and then you stamp the gunpowder and then you or tamper or something and then you put in some sand and then you ignite it so that the gunpowder only ignites downwards. So on the 13th of September in 1848 at 4:13 p.m. Phineas Gage was standing and stamping or tampering uh, some of this gunpowder. Mm-hmm. So they had just poured in the gunpowder into the hole, and uh, Phineas was about to stamp it. Uh, but this guy was a foreman, so he had a lot of workers around him, and and he just some of the workers behind him caught his eye, and he turned around to talk to them. In the meanwhile, he had told one of his um, assistants to pour in some sand so that he couldn't ignite the gunpowder on accident. Unfortunately, this assistant didn't actually do that, so he didn't pour in any sand. So while Phineas had turned his back, he was still tampering or you know stamping yeah. on the gunpowder, but he had put his head right over the pole, the tampering iron that he was using. And he kept stamping, and then he hit some rock, And he made a spark, and this gunpowder all ignited. No, well, and he was a foreman. He, he was, was a foreman. Yeah, he what? was 25 years old and a foreman. And such a bright. You can all guess future. what happened. So he had his head right over this pole. His mouth was open, and then the pole just flew right through his head. Oh, it sounds like a horror movie. Like I'm, I'm talking right up through his um. Chin? You know, his chin, yeah, and then through the brain, up through the skull, and out. And he just stood there. And the pole, it landed 25 meters away. That's insane. 25 meters away. It was covered in blood and brain. F- from just fucking gunpowder? Oh, yeah. It's a lot of gunpowder. How did? He, what about his feet? Like, would, he was standing next to it. How? Okay, so... This is not something that I'm just telling you. It's not something I just found on the Wikipedia page because this is uh, this was told by Phineas Gage himself to the doctors that tended to him afterwards. 
So one of the doctors was called John Harlow. He was the f- he was the main doctor uh, who was with him at the f- at first, and he's made this sort of diary that he sent to a lot of different people, just to you know tell the story about what happened. So Phineas Gage actually didn't die from this. He didn't die from having a fucking iron pole shot through his brain. It must have been pretty thick if he was using it for stamping. It was uh, one of an, one and a half inches. What? Was that that's three and a half centimeters? Oh my god! What, yeah, no. What so about, what? So what about his tongue? Wasn't his? How was his tongue not like? So so Phineas he fell onto his back. He did a few convulsions. They call it. he did some spasms, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's actually it. Then he uh, stood up himself. He didn't really have any help. He went up to uh, a horse cart and he sat down all by himself. He rode uh, a couple of kilometers into town. And then he was sat by a hotel where the doctor was actually residing. He did all of that himself. He walked himself. He didn't have that much help. Some, a few people held him. Was he from Jutland? <laughs> no, he was from uh, he was from uh, the U.S. Oh, okay, he's from the U.S. Oh, that's so. How did how did like what about all these coworkers who just saw a fucking pole fly through his head with brain falling out? Not- yeah, they helped him get on. I onto mean, to onto the, the cart, yeah, onto the cart and uh, to the doctor's place. And when he got to the doctor's place, uh, a specific doctor called uh, Biglow, I think, he he checked him out, and he told he he wrote afterwards. He wrote um, you know a report mm-hmm. where he stated that that uh, Gage was able to tell all of his coworkers and friends by name, and he was able to tell the time of day. He could he could remember any everything. But I have this uh, this quote I want to tell you. Mr. Biglow, he had been, or Dr. Biglow, he had been attending to Mr. Cage while he was doing this. He had been asking all of his friends about some stuff. And and he didn't believe him when Mr. Cage, uh, the uh, Phineas Cage, he told him that the iron bar went through his head. Then he says, an Irishman standing by said, sure it was so, sir, for the bar is lying in the road below all blood and brains. And then he says that about this time, Mr. Gage got up and vomited up a large quantity of blood together with some of his food. The effort of vomiting pressed out about half a teacupful of brain, which fell upon the floor together with the blood, which was forced out at the same time. Oh, what? That's so disgusting. It sounds like a fucking horror movie. This guy, he had a fucking hole in his brain and down at his chin. Like, his skull was just destroyed. It's incredible he's alive, he's alive, right? Nobody believes it. Oh, shit. I wonder if they had closed the hole before he vomited, if he would have kept some more of his brain. I don't... They couldn't close the hole. They tried to. They couldn't. They couldn't. So, the <laughs> the main thing we know from this is uh, this guy, Harlow, this um, this doctor that tended to him in the days afterwards. So, he was the a main physician. This big law was just a, a visiting physician, basically. So this hollow, he has this entire account he's written down where he takes down everything that's happened throughout all of this. I have from when he arrived at the scene. So this is what he wrote. Being absent, I did not arrive at the scene of the accident until near six o'clock p.m., one and a half hours later. You will excuse me for remarking here that the picture presented was to one unaccustomed to military surgery, truly terrific. And here, terrific doesn't mean great. It means terrifying. But the patient bore his suffering with the, with the most heroic firmness. <laughs> he seemed to be perfectly conscious, but was getting ex- exhausted from the hemorrhage, that's the hole, 
which was very profuse both externally and internally. The blood finding its way into the stomach, which rejected it as often as every 15 or 20 minutes. Paul's 60 and regular. His person and the bed on which he was laid, uh, laid were literally one gore of blood. Whoa. Assisted by my friend Dr. Williams, Williams of Proctorsville, who was the first called to the patient, we proceeded to dress the wounds. From their appearance, the fragments of bone being uplifted and the brain protruding. The brain was sticking out of his fucking skull. Oh, no. It was evident that the fracture was occasioned by some force acting from below upward. And here is the most insane thing. So the way Dr. Harlow, he tested if there was anything still in the brain. What do you think he did? No. No, he didn't. What do you think he did? He wouldn't do that. Come on. He wouldn't stick something into the hole. What do you think he stuck into the hole? Not his finger. Yeah. No His finger. So he took one finger and then pressed it down onto the base of his skull, through the hole and into the brain. Then he took another finger, finger and then took it at the hole at his chin and then pushed it upwards until the fingers met. And from that he determined that there isn't anything in there. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. There was clearly before they knew about bacteria and infections and... Yeah, so um, the next couple of months... Just think about... He didn't wash his hands before he did that. that definitely not. It was in 1848. So definitely not. How did he not die from a fucking infection? Actually, uh, so as I said, the next couple of months, Dr. Harlow, he ke- kept tending to him and he wrote a couple of... Uh, sort of a diary about this. And he says that at some point, he... Uh, Gage gets a fungal infection. No shit. Yeah, in his eye and in the hole at his skull. Oh no, it was so gross. But Dr. Harlow, he's a man of science, so he just treats this with uh, silver nitrate. No. Because nitrate kills uh, fungus. And it works. (laughs) It's fucking silver nitrate. (laughs) Two months later, Gage is up and about. He's walking around. He's completely conscious. He is, I mean, just as you would expect him to be. With a few exceptions. Aside from a fucking hole through his head. Oh, well, that's starting to heal, right? With skin. Yeah, I mean, they, so the, the skull actually also started to heal at some point. <sighs> it, you, it is, so, yeah, we'll get to that. So um, this guy, Gage, he was very, very good at his job before. He was 25 and a foreman, and he was well, well respected by all of his peers, so all of his, uh, the guys under him was really respected and he was thought of to be the best at his job. But after this, he was thought of to be average. He wasn't as good anymore. And some of it might be because he couldn't <laughs> estimate numbers anymore. What? Here, hello, he writes, this is the 11th of November, I think. Yeah, no, the 11th of October, he says. When I asked him how long since he was injured, he replied, four weeks this afternoon at four and a half o'clock. That's how they write the time. But then relates the manner in which it occurred and how he came to the house. He keeps the day of the week and time of day in, the mi- in his mind. Says he knows more than half of those who inquire after him. Does not estimate size or money accurately, though he has memory as perfect as ever. He would not take a thousand dollars in 1848. A thousand dollars for a few pebbles, which is giving way 
which he took from an Asian riverbed where he was at work. What? He would not take a thousand dollars for a few pebbles. Because he couldn't understand money? He didn't understand money. But he could remember weekdays. Yeah, perfectly. He could remember everything perfectly. But he would not... That's so weird. Yep. It is really, really That's weird. That's so weird. So, Phineas Gage, he has this weird, weird accident. It's fucking insane, right? He has this pole going through his head, and it lands 25 meters away, and he, he recovers from this hole. But what is really weird is what happens afterwards. Oh, God. So this is why you might have heard of Phineas Gage. Yeah. He is in basically every psych introductory book. So psychology books, yeah. right? He is in everyone because after this, his uh, personality started to change. And some of you might have seen that he simply became like uh, aggressive and, uh, you know, in, in, in impossible to be with. Yeah. That's not really the case. But he did become, I mean, more aggressive, and he started uh, swearing profusely, mm-hmm. at that he, which he had never done before. So he wasn't allowed to be around kids because he would swear at them. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goddamn fucking kids, rat. <laughs> yeah. So he just, he just, he changed his personality completely oh. after this, and he uh, he couldn't work at the railroad anymore. The uh, his he didn't get his old job back because he wasn't able to do it as well as he did before. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, but they actually some of the workers the day after they had found the uh, the pole, the the iron tampering mm-hmm. stick, and then they had washed it in the, the creek nearby, and then taken it back to the blacksmith in the near vicinity of the railroad, and then a different doctor came along and he found the uh, railroad the the tampering iron, then he grabbed it and then he took it to Gage, and the next twelve years of his life, which were the last years of his life, Gage he lived with this iron pole. He just went around carrying it. Yep. Why? He just he just thought it was such a big part of him now. That's so weird. Yeah. And you know a lot of people didn't believe the fact that this has ha- this had happened. So that's why the doctor he went out the the other doctor he went out to try to find the pole to figure out if you know you could see anything. And he says that on the rocks around the pole where it had landed, he could find bits of brain. No. And skull. Uh, but you know the workers they had washed the pole in the creek so you couldn't see that on the pole but what he could see was that it was oily and greasy from all of the brain matter god that was his perception of money right there oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah that's so weird like having the part of your brain which tells you not to curse in front of children lying on the ground yeah it is weird so what they say happened here is that the pole had gotten through the prefrontal lobe mm-hmm. of his brain. And this prefrontal lobe apparently is uh, a place where your personality lies. That's uh, the place you scramble when you give a lobotomy. Exactly. Where you put an icicle through the eye exactly. and you just scramble the entire thing. Exactly. But I guess he would have kept part of it. That's why he attained his personality. Yeah, yeah. So what happened after he was uh, he, he had healed from his injury was that he tried to return to work. He really wanted to get back to work, but he couldn't work at, work at the railroad uh, anymore. So he did a few... Uh, he attended a few meetings, or what you would call it. He, he showed himself at a circus, um, which was more like a university, something like that. So he grabbed the pole. <laughs> circus and universities were the same back then. Well, <laughs> may, some, some sort of. It's kind of poetic because that's what's happening in the States right now. Yeah. They're turning yeah. into circuses again. <laughs> yeah. So it was called the Barnum Circus. And here his display, he displayed himself as a curiosity, he said. So he stood there and he displayed himself with the iron tampering, tampering pole. 
and said, this went through my head. And that's it. And that's it. He should have like kept the hole so he could stick it through the hole. Yeah, so <laughs> he did that a few times and then he uh, went to figure find some some other places to work and he went to um what was it, New England and then afterward he went to Chile in South America and then the doctor Dr. Harlow he couldn't find him anymore. But then in 1866 he was able to find the address of the mother of Gage. Yeah. And he she and her son-in-law apparently could tell Dr. Harlow that he had died. Gage had died. Oh. Yeah, so he had died in uh, 1861. From what and where? From the injuries. So he had died at home at the dinner table from epileptic epileptic shock. Oh. Yeah, so a seizure. That makes sense. And he had never had a seizure before. That's the first time. So 12 years after he had his injury, he dies from a seizure. Actually three in a row. At the dinner table. His, his brain just determined to... It took the brain 12 years to figure out, wait, I'm supposed to be dead. <laughs> yeah, so that that's sad. But luckily, Dr. Harlow was able and allowed to get the skull of Dr. of uh, Mr. Gage so he could examine the skull afterwards. And that's... he had and he had drawn the skull and he had drawn the iron tampering pole in relation to the skull and where it fitted. And not only that, Fleming, in 2012... The skull was excavated once again, and there was was a study made in Plus One where some people, they did a 3D scan of the skull to figure out how the, uh, where exactly the the, the pole, the injury was, the pole went through to figure out if, if, where it hit, right? Mm -hmm. Because Dr. Harlow, he said it was the prefrontal lobe, but some other people said it was the frontal lobe, and some said blah, 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 all kinds of stuff, right? So they wanted to determine it... um, yeah, okay. The one which, to determine. Which, yeah, which part specifically was exactly, exactly. removed. Exactly. And they found that it was the prefrontal lobe. But here in the brain, you have different kinds of brain. You have white matter and gray matter. Oh. And white matter, that's the um, that's the part that connects your neurons. Yeah. While gray matter is the actual neurons themselves. Yeah. And in this article, they speculate that the pole had hit only... Um, mainly white matter and not gray matter and gray matter can't grow back or at least it has a hard time doing so but white matter can oh so that's why they speculate that he might have survived because the brain actually did grow back afterwards so they say that in the care of dr hollow he might have actually done such a great job even though he stuck his fucking finger into the skull of this guy that his fucking brain grew back yep that's so weird but he has missed some of it, right? So they, he has hit some of the gray matter. So he has a, he has had a minor lobotomy That's using a one and a half inch steel rod. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking at lobotomies right now. So lobotomies is also destroying uh, the matter, white matter in the frontal lobe. The white matter. Yeah, by scrambling it using a ice sickle or <laughs> injecting ethanol into it. Oh, disgusting. Yeah. Was it white matter or gray matter? It was uh, the white matter. Okay, but I, I guess even though it grows back, it might not retain its function. Maybe. I might have uh, fucked up the difference. All right, whatever. So at least he hit some part of his brain that actually was yeah. able to, to grow back and wasn't affected as much as if it's, he had hit you know, some other part of the brain. I guess it makes sense that his personality was changed because the bottomies, they kind of just remove your identity. Yeah, exactly. You become no this longer, vegetable. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah you you can still like eat and keep yourself 
going, but you lose your personality. Mm-hmm. Like everything that makes you you. Yeah. He just lost a f- <laughs> one quarter inch hole of it. He did. That's very poetic. I mean, this 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 is just completely insane. You have a fucking steel rod passed through your head, through your skull, through your brain, and you survive, but then you're just not yourself. It's been a very um, famous case mm. because it's known as no longer Gage because that's what his friends called him. So his friends afterwards, they said that he was no longer Gage and they started to call him no longer Gage. No longer Gage. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So, hey, Mr. No longer Gage. <laughs> but it's been speculated for so long that this actually wasn't true. A lot of scientists didn't believe in this. In the poll? Yeah, in But the fact that this happened. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Why wouldn't you believe in it? I don't know. I don't it, know. It just because it's so amazing. Maybe they didn't believe the fact that his personality changed or something like that. Mm. It's been a, it's been a, you know subject to widespread speculation at least. It's so weird. That's so, that's a lot of articles on it actually, and it's really fun to read. So I think you should, if you have the time, definitely read the original uh, accounts of what happened. That's really interesting. It's it's yeah. It's so weird that it's real. I can't get. I I get why people don't believe in it. It sounds really unreal. It does. It Especially does. Especially because there's so many weird stories. Back yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for that. That was uh, a great, great story. This is, as I said earlier, the split brain. Split brain people are people who have the connection between their left and right hemisphere disconnected. So the two halves of the brain can no longer communicate with each other, but they function uh, on their own, right? And this can happen through accidents. It can happen through, you can be born with it. But also, it it was quite common um, in old times to disconnect the two brain halves of people if they had severe epilepsy. Okay. And I'm not sure if it's done anymore. But some people have epilepsy that is so bad that they basically die if they don't do some kind of surgery. And I'm not sure that you can medicate all of it by now. But back then, there was even less ways to treat it. So one of the ways you treated epilepsy in the good old times was with lobotomies. As we just mentioned, lobotomies were scrambling the front part of the brain. Yeah, this ice pick through yeah. your eye hole yeah. into the brain. God. That's a whole nother episode. Um But uh, splitting the two brain halves also seems to reduce or even cure epilepsy. And that's because you epilepsy is basically this uh, overstimulation of the brain where it just fires uncontrollably and you just get seizures because you can't interpret it. It doesn't, like what your brain interprets doesn't make sense and all your muscles just activate and you get spasms. And it can be really, really bad. You can like You can die from it, but you can also get brain injuries and so on. So every time you get epilepsy, you might lose a bit more of yourself until you die. That's And it's, I've seen the effect of it on, on people, actually, because I worked, as I said, I worked with uh, severely handicapped people uh, for some years, and uh, some of them uh, were able to walk and talk and even like communi- like do complex tasks, but they were like uh, retained into wheelchairs without being able to speak or anything by when they were older because they had so many epilepsy wow. attacks and they still had them. But they got, yeah, it's it's really uh, awful. So I get I get why you would, how you can justify actually splitting someone's brain apart to save them. Yeah. And one example of this is this guy I found online who's called Joe. And Joe, he had epilepsy and his brain was split. 
So they cut this bridge between the two halves of his brain, and uh, he actually he's uh, he stopped having epilepsy, and he still retained like uh, functional life. He 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 speaks a bit slow, and he's a bit bit more slow than you maybe normally would be, but but he seems normal. That's so weird. I mean, I keep I keep imagining. You know, the two halves of your brain and then a scalpel just running down through it, like when you devein a, a shrimp. Oh. That's that's what I think of. It's like... I think, oh, that, I think that's almost pretty much what they do. Oh, it's, it's, I, can't, I can't even imagine it. I mean, how do you not die from that? That's so weird. Uh, they use calosomotes. I'm not sure what that is. Doesn't matter. No, okay. But anyway, he seems like a normal guy. You wouldn't think that he he had his brain split into two when you see him sit down and talk. But then uh, some doctors, they were interested in knowing what what happens when someone's brain can't talk to yeah. itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they, they did this experiment where they had him look at a dot on the screen. And then they would show things on the right side of the dot, like a word or a picture or something. And they would show pictures and words on the left side. And all the pictures on the right side and all the words on the right side, he was able to uh, register. And with language, tell the doctor that he saw that saw it like grapes and a car and so on. Yeah. But when it was on the left side of the dot, he couldn't. No, stop. And that's bec- and this is this this is this is kind of uh, tricky. But if some if something is on the left side of your field of view, your right side of the brain yeah. registers it. Yeah. So it's it's like a mirror. Yeah. But your left arm and leg is also controlled by the right side yeah. of your brain. So the problem is that the he can register things on the right side. And talk about it and tell people that he saw it. It's a part of his consciousness. Because on the left side of the brain is the sensor for language. Yeah. So he's able to use language to tell people. And God, he's so able weird. to... It's a part of his consciousness. Yeah. But what about the parts on the left side? That is that is transmitted to the right side of his brain, which is mute. And it cannot tell the left side of the brain what it saw. Because there's no connection anymore. So the left part of the brain can't make any language to explain it. So what do you think the doctors did to find out what is going on inside the right side of his brain? Uh, I don't know. They gave him a pencil into his left hand. So that he could write it down? And then the hand just draw it. What? Without him knowing? Yeah, and he just, he it's so fucked. He just sits there and look at the hand. And then the hand just does it own th- its own thing, and then he can say, "Oh, it's a car." Are oh, you serious? It's a pan. Oh, it's it's uh, it's a saw. It's yeah. What? Because the right side of the brain, it did register the things on the left side of the dot, but it cannot communicate it because it doesn't have language. But it's able to it's communicate able to- it through the left hand. What? Yeah, and this there's an interview with the doctor, and the doctor he says that he's. The co- his current his theory is that our mind is kind of this uh, soup of a lot of processes, independent processes, which constantly analyze everything that is around us and and come up with like conclusions. And these are all 
collected into a theory. And this theory is our experience of consciousness. And this theory is, uh, center for the theory is apparently also in the left side, where the language is. Okay. And that is why it doesn't reach his consciousness. That is why his right side, the right side of his brain is basically disconnected from his consciousness and his language, but it still has access to the left hand and leg. <laughs> this is so weird. And it gets even weirder. Because what happens if the right side of the brain doesn't like being trapped? Well, it tries to get out, I guess. You get alien hand syndrome. So your hand starts to do stuff you don't want it to? Yes, you that's do. fucking weird. Okay, okay. So it's that's actually really interesting because the fact that the brain is departmentalized actually comes from some of the stuff from Phineas Gage. Because when it, this happened to Phineas Gage, there were some hypotheses that the brain might have different departments. But the main paradigm was, uh, the main theory was that the brain is just one soup. Mm. And the all of the brain is equally important. Yeah. But then Harlow, he was able to show that because Gage has just had, to, had just a very small fragment of his prefrontal lobe removed, he had only had a very specific piece of his, himself removed. Yeah. And then that actually turned into the fact that we have different parts of the brain doing different things he took one for the team he did i mean phineas gage <laughs> he's, yeah. a, he's a bro yeah <laughs> a pioneer of science do you think maybe he's uh the the way he handled the whole situation was because of the brain injury maybe do you think he was unable to panic and all that because he just lost a part of himself do you think that lies in the prefrontal lobe maybe that lies with your personality. I, I, I would guess so, because he he lost his uh, his kind of his social skills too. The fear too. center is in the hypothalamus, uh, and that's down at the base, right? Of your And the back of oh your yeah, brain, yeah. I think. Yeah, I guess so. So maybe he could be, I mean, extremely fearful, but he just couldn't show it because he had no personality. <laughs> Have you had your brain scanned, Mark? <laughs> How does your brain... <laughs> maybe you, I'm just internally screaming all of the time, like ah! always, but, but I, I can never show it. It's like I'm trapped. I'm trapped within myself. I have I have alien body syndrome. <laughs> alien soul syndrome. Alien personality syndrome. Yeah, but this alien hand syndrome is really, really fucked up. I've heard about it before. It's yeah. it's it's so weird. So the hand is no longer in control of that your conscious part of your mind. So it just starts acting out the will of the right side of the brain. The will of the right side of the brain. That's so weird. It's like you have your own twin within yourself. And doing the, stuff like you're possessed. It's there are like examples of uh, of people with this syndrome trying to undress people, hitting themselves, hitting other people, like trying to kill you, basically, or just doing regular stuff that you don't want it to do. Oh no! Don't no! I am not hungry. I don't want cereal. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's the worst. The worst fate of the world. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I have about the split brain thing. It's it's. It's really, really interesting, and it, I, I'm perplexed about how little is actually known about it. Like, uh, the, and the brain is still just such a black box. It, it's really a black and box. And it's really annoying uh, studying biochemistry and molecular biology because everyone is like, why are you not studying the brain? Why are you not studying cancer? Oh, it's so interesting, and we're just playing with bacteria. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so weird that we know so little about how the brain functions still, actually. Yeah. And that is... So when did this happen to... Uh, what was the name? Joe? Joe? I'm not sure. 
It's. I would guess it's in the 80s or 70s. 80s or 70s. It yeah. sounds like if this doctor can be interviewed and there's a video of it. Yeah, there's a lot about it on on YouTube. Okay, so uh, it's it's weird that you know, at that point we still cut people's brain apart. I'm not. I I would not be surprised if it's still practiced. But we I guess s- if your only other choice is dying from epilepsy, yeah, it's it's okay that you get a ghost hand. Maybe fair enough. A ghost hand. Fuck. 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 What do? Okay. What would you do if you had alien hand syndrome? I think I would masturbate all the time. Oh no, I do. But yeah, <laughs> what would your right hand do? <laughs> oh, left hand. Sorry. Uh, so we. I, I think it would attack me. You. It would attack you. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I would be hitting myself all the time. We've been talking about my personality for the last two episodes now. Yeah. And how I don't feel stuff, like feelings. So do you think that? That is because my right brain is repressed, and that my left hand would act out my feelings. How would that happen? It would know. be like drawing hearts in the air all the time, petting people. Like oh, I would have to strap it to I'm something. So I mean, that can that can never happen. And then if you meet someone you hate, you'll start hitting them. That's disgusting. I could never. I could never. Every time you drive past the hospital, it would start stopping the car. Like no, no, I need to go in there. <laughs> I need to go in there. I think my hand would just start making concrete chickens all the time, maybe. But that's what I do anyway. Yeah, I know. May okay, so maybe your alien hand syndrome is actually what what defines you. I think I I'm I am really bad at repressing my brain. That what's that's what defines me. That I'm very uh, sp- spontaneous and I don't think that much about my decisions. <laughs> so I'm I'm. I <laughs> Whatever floats around in there just gets gets its time in the sun, I guess. But if if they could no longer communicate, I guess they would be doing their own thing, each. So I've heard that the idea of the brain being a left brain and a right brain, that's been contested a bit. Yeah, the whole thing about one is creative and one is logical, and exactly, it's so annoying. Exactly, but we still every time you have some kind of business uh, class or something, they will use it. Yeah, it's just yeah, stupid. But we still this there's still the theory of different sensors, and that's established. So you have a sense of language, you have a sense of speech, you have a sense for breathing. I might upset some people now, but I've I've seen like a, a study where they uh, where they kind of pinned down the center of the brain which lights up when you have anxiety of death. Yeah. In one side of the brain. Then when they artificially uh, triggered the uh, mirror side of the brain, people got religious experiences. <laughs> no. Yeah. Are you serious? They saw angels and everything and felt God speak to them. How did it do that? Experiment? And that was mir- it was the mirrored part of the brain from your death anxiety. So maybe, just maybe, religion could be related to our fear of death. But didn't we already know that? Yeah, I guess so. It's just scientifically proven. I guess I think they scientifically u- proven. They gave them uh, like this helmet on, and I think it used magnetism or something to to uh, to trigger that part of the brain. Oh, that's weird. I'm thinking, could you maybe? Could you direct a person to be exactly what you want it to be by activating and deactivating parts of their brain when you want to? Just uh, like Rick and Morty with Pickle Rick, <laughs> where he uses the rat brains to uh, yeah, yeah. to get the suit. Yeah. Yeah. If you gave someone a helmet, could you trigger their brain to make them do stuff? I guess you would. 
trigger this part, then your left leg moves and. Choo, 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 I mean, that's that's all electricity, right? Yeah, that, so that wouldn't, wouldn't be, be the too hard. But I think I think that it's it's more like the mental. Like, how does that work? We know how all of the physical stuff works. Maybe you could get a happy helmet. A happy helmet, yeah. You put maybe. it on, and then you only think about rainbows and happy things. I mean, maybe. So and you're saying, like you said before, the uh, the anxiety of death is in one at one side, and yeah. then the mirror side might be religion. So maybe you can just always do. Maybe it's always like that. You have a negative and a positive response. Maybe that's and the mirror. Jesus, he just had uh, that that part of his brain active all the time. Maybe he just had one side of the brain removed, and then he was only positive. Oh. Maybe it isn't the serious and the creative. Maybe it's the positive and the negative. We all have a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> positive and negative side of the brain. How how was Joe? Was he happy or was he? Uh, he seemed aggressive? pretty. He seemed just pretty content, just like a regular dude. Just. There wasn't anything about him being aggressive no. or lashing out. No, I have, I have a. I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe. It it says mostly that that um, they have like um, oddities uh, with tactile things and visual things because the two parts uh, control the each side of the body, right? And then they have like comments on their memory. And their attention being mm. altered too, but not their personality. I'm just saying, maybe the left side is the positive side of the brain. Why would you want it to be that? Because the left side is the one that the thing is that the uh, the consciousness. And that's the part with the religion in. You think? Oh, you think? Uh, I don't know. So is death or religion the positive response? Anxiety of death or I, religion? It depends. I think it depends on your outlook on life. If you really want to die, I guess it would be the <laughs> So all millennials have the anxiety of death yeah. in the right uh, left side of the brain. Maybe it's because they're atheists. So they don't they don't act they don't use the religious part of their brain that yeah, much. That mu- that so might. it won't be able to uh, balance the death anxiety. I agree. Maybe if we could make a helmet that triggers the religious response in people. We could use that to make our own religion. I think that's pretty easy. Uh, also, do you think the center for religion or the place where that lights up when you think about religion, do you think that's also the center for political ideologies? Ooh. Do you think so fascism and Nazism, Nazism? I don't know. Well, it was a uh, religious. Oh, so yeah, I guess kind of. Like that's, so, that's so, why the wave works. So, so part, the right? right side and the left side of brain gets a whole new meaning now. Oh, yeah, it's political. It's yeah. all political. So... Do you think you can move the sense of consciousness, the, this, the thing that's aware of what you're doing, so depending on what political agenda you have? So if you give everyone a helmet and then activate one side of the helmet, they will all turn communist. And then if you activate the other side, they will all turn into, what's the opposite? Fascists? Easter bunnies? Yeah. I think. Santa Claus. Republicans. With, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> It's the Republican side and the Democrat side. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Do you think... Okay, okay. That do would explain why it's always 50-50 between the two blocks. Do you think you could change your brain to be some other person? Like, I'm talking specifically, could you become Mussolini? No, I think I, you can only do it with people who have smaller brains than you because you can't make the brain bigger, Mark. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So I have so a... So Hitler. <laughs> Could you become? Could you become? Could you become a political person, like act an actual person, not like but that, one that, that wouldn't just you wouldn't. 
Well, we talk about triggering parts of the brain with like. No, ma- no, no. Now I'm talking about moving the center of consciousness because that's apparently what makes you political. Yeah, but that's it's 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 still like the connections between the neurons, and this that's physical. That's not no longer something you can stimulate. Like could that. you couldn't you just inject some white matter or something? I guess if you could make a helmet that trains your brain into becoming someone else, you could because then you could establish all the neurological bridges and uh, connections that are present in Hitler. But you would have to grow it over time, right? So you would have to wear the helmet for some years and grow your Hitler personality. Seems like a lot of work. Yeah, maybe you could get his memories too. Ooh, if then, those are just different connections too, right? Then it'll kind of be like just you know copying, copy paste Hitler, copy paste Hitler into a new body. Yeah, it could be like uh, like downloading the Aztec Empire. They had like a, a physical embodiments of their gods. Oh yeah, and then a, a young man would be selected to be that god, and, and we're back at positions. It's he, a he, perfect circle. He for a year he would be that god and be with all the hot women and get all the food, and then we'll cut out his heart. Maybe we could do that. Like one person is elected to be Hitler each year. Why would why would any person want to? Oh, what what? How would you do that? How would you be a god? How would you act? I guess you would have to act as the god, right? Just look at me. Yeah, but I mean, a specific god. I think it was pretty easy in South America to be a god. You would just need to kill a lot of people and cut out their hearts. No, but I'm saying, so if if these Aztecs, they had to be a specific god every yeah, time, right? Yeah. They had to be, I don't know, Joe, the god, the god, Joe the god. Yeah. They had to be that guy every time. They had to have acting lessons beforehand. To learn how to act like Joe, the god. <laughs> yeah, but they were educated by the priests and so on before on beforehand. So they were selected when they were younger, and then they were trained for some time, and then they would become that god. So they were they were trained to be. They were actually trained actors. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, but they, that, that dude, were, don't, that's what don't we're talking so that's, me, that, Fleming. No, no. They were trained actors. You don't know if, what I'm saying. If Quetzalcoatl exists, or Tezcatlipoca. No, I'm not saying. I'm, Well, I'm just saying I, I know don't Hitler believe in possession. Yeah, I believe in Hitler. You do? Yeah. So <laughs> we would have to do that too, right? They would have you would have to choose young men, and then you would have to train them for Hitler for a couple of years in exile, and then when their brain has adapted or morphed into Hitler's brain, they could be Hitler for a year, and then we would sacrifice them and have another one. I'm just saying that's method acting. It's exact. That's why Heath Ledger killed himself. He was trained to become the Joker, and he didn't like so that. So now we know that the Joker is unrealistic because if he existed, he would just kill himself. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. But th- maybe if it's possession, he just keeps jumping to new people, right? But I guess so. Act- Quetzalcoatl, he he had his heart removed every year. But but I I guess that's the difference between acting and having your brain altered into being something completely. So so it's method acting. That's Chem- that's having your brain yeah. also to be something new completely. Chemi- chemical method acting. Chemical method acting. Maybe access would do that in the future. Whoa, that's fucking insane. So maybe maybe if we make this brain helmet that can convert your brain into something else, people will use that as acting. You everybody could be an actor. So you would lose your old personality and memories in in favor of Gandhi's. It'd be like you the, the real good actors that would say goodbye to all their family and friends and then go away. Per- think of, think of all the biographies that would be perfect, right? We always talk about uh, movies with biographies, yeah. like with uh, John F. Kennedy, and we say he that's not exactly like he was in real life, but they would be perfect once we had that helmet developed. Fuck, we need to scan our brains right now, right now for the big part of the book. This <laughs> coming out 2091. In 2091, you can all be Fleming, the chicken guy. That's a good place to be. I think we should stop. Should we call it? No, no. You want to keep going? Think of, okay, think about this. Okay, so 
you override your old brain to get the new brain, right? So you had to, you would have to say goodbye to everyone to be a new person. Had to say, yeah. What happens in the transition state when you are 50% Hitler, 50% Heath Ledger? Whoa. Would you have Whoa. to be screened? What if... No, good, good, good. Maybe if if your personality isn't so much... Conf- if you're like anti-Hitler, you would become like a split personality or you would hate yourself when you're 50% Hitler because your brain wouldn't like itself. And that may be... So Heath Ledger was the perfect man. Fuck, right? I, I, I Joker I, is the... the Perfect unman. Oh. That's why he couldn't live with it. So it was only 50% Joker. Imagine a Dark Knight movie where it's a hundred percent Heath Ledger Joker. But that also means that you gotta be the personality just a bit before you can take it on at 100%. Maybe Jared Leto can redeem himself and make a better Joker than Heath Ledger in the next one. What if you take on a personality that is so extreme that once you're at 50%, people just start hating you and kill you anyway? That's pretty interesting too. So you could never become 100%. Who would that, who would that be? Uh, Vlad the Impaler, for example. Killing, what was it, 400,000 people? Maybe he was a cool dude. Maybe he was uh, like... Yeah, Ted he just impaled your head on a stick. Yeah. But maybe he was a cool dude. Ted Bundy was a cool dude, you know. Mm, uh, yeah. He was pretty nice, charming. Yeah, when he's yeah. Zac Efron. Yeah. That is also actually... A, that That's a new one. So Zac Efron could become Ted Bundy. <laughs> like, the, And think perfectly. about the repercussions about that. Having someone become a serial killer, would you then have to treat them like yes, one? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Would they actually kill people? This, uh, this is this is a uh, this turned into a, a philosophy discussion. That's. I think. I think we should wait. I think. I think we here we are at a standpoint where we have to say, not only can we, but should we? Of course, we should. I want to be one of my chickens. Then let's do it. Maybe because chickens are so stupid, you could be twenty chickens at the same time. It would be like a chicken hive mind. So you could have 20 chicken brains uploaded into your brain. I love that idea. Maybe that would be the most powerful being in the universe. No, 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 no. I think so. I think sheep. Sheep are dumber than chickens. Chickens are not dumb, man. You just said chickens are dumb. I said... You just said said, chickens are dumb. I said chickens have one twentieth of a human brain. Yeah, uh, well... You said chickens are dumb. Maybe they just have smaller brains that are used better. And that's why if you combine a lot of them to a human-sized brain, it would be the most godly brain ever engineered. Yeah, I don't believe that. No, 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 no. That's, that's not going to happen. It is. No. Should we stop now? Yeah, now, now it's a good time to stop. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. As we said at the beginning, this will be uh, the last episode of the summer and we'll be taking a, a holiday break. Summer holiday break. And then we'll be back uh, sometime in August. Before that, there might be some extra episodes. We can't really say anything yet, but uh, there might be. So keep a lookout for that and then wait for us in until August. And uh, while you're doing that, you could just uh, start from the beginning, I guess. We have uh, the 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 secret, the secret uh, season. The one that Fleming doesn't want to talk about. And Robin. I don't care about it. Season one? Yeah, Robin hates it. You don't care about it. No. That's not what you usually say. I think you should start from season one and listen to the god-awful sound quality, but listen to the great jokes that have just deteriorated over time. It's our it's great quality brains with bad quality sound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And maybe, maybe just maybe, you might get a best of episode in your inbox Ooh. in not too long. Ooh. That might be. Ooh. With all of the best jokes, mm. like a spider jumping. Mm. 
exactly what I want to. So uh, do that and get your friends on it too. And then, 10 million uh, views and we'll be back. 10 million views? Yes. 10 million views. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, get, it, get it done. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you and remember to be stupid. Yeah.